Hi everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the FPL Renegades podcast. We're here recording on Tuesday the 17th of November. My name is Drew and as always I'm joined by my good pal Kirks. How are you Kirks? Hi Drew, great to be here. You said you were going to do that last week but here we are. I know I just impersonated Willie instead and I also didn't eat any of these jellies until you actually started the podcast and then I just went for them. Don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Anyway, put that away. Nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nice professional start, yeah, as always. Real professional. <laughs> I don't know why, like, even though you have, like, some sort of uh, default Zoom bandit mask on, I can still see you roll your eyes when I say my good pal Kirks. It's like, ah, oh, here we go again. Bullshit. <laughs> but Kirks, you got to embrace it. I was thinking yesterday, we're pals, good pals over 20 years. 20 years? Over 20 years, I'd say. We were in the same class together. We were on the same football team. We were in a band together. We were on a pod together, Kirks. Get used to it. You're my good pal, Kirks. 8950073. My old landline, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with anything, but... It's just proof. There we go. If you ring that number, you won't get me, but you might get the building that I used to live in many years ago. Yeah, fuck it. Ring it and ask for Drew. See what happens. Yeah. Tell them that a young boy called Drew used to live there and then he died. And uh, yeah, some sort of ghost story. But Kirks, this week I'm on the tee. It's uh, the whole pod rests on your shoulders. You're going to have to carry it this week. I think well, I've. At least it'll be quicker this week. I've been grooming you for the last year. I think you're well able for it. If you're on tee, does that mean you're not going to mansplain everything? No, I probably still will. I think it's just part <laughs> of my character, to be honest. <laughs> What Kirk said there was he's going to take out Trent. Yeah, I think all of my really annoying traits on the pod aren't alcohol field. They're just character traits. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think it's going to improve anyway. But look, we're here. We're recording our second pod of the international break. We did one last week. If you want to hear a more traditional pod where we talk about how our game week eights went, our plans are kind of vague plans for game week nine and i think we did a summary of our game weeks yep. one to eight a touch a touch of misery yep of the season yeah actually if i could go back in time i would be like previously on the renegades podcast you Kirk totally was sad if you want. and he was happy. Wasn't sad you kept trying to make me sad drew talked about his fpl history kirk's talked about bank that kind <laughs> of jazz that would have been better you could uh, you like you're you're technically the editor. Like, Look, this is your pod. What do you want to talk about? We have a load of questions to answer later. We can talk about... We probably have more refined plans for Game Week 9. Our transfers, our teams, our captains. Or can we have plans, seeing as everybody's fucking injured or has COVID? Yeah, I think that's probably the, the main talking point, isn't it? From last week. Not much has changed in terms of the overall plan and how shit I'm doing. But just the updated information from the internationals and the amount of injuries... COVID, it's just general shithousery. And Kirk, can I take you back probably exactly one week in time? And I was <laughs> talking about what a breeding ground for COVID the international football scene was. Lads licking each other in training, 
And again, you were rolling your eyes going, what is this lad talking about? And since then, instances of COVID in the football community are up at least 50%. 50%? You mean Momo? Yeah. So there you go. Um, stupid friendlies. Money, more COVID. But have you made any further plan since last week? How are you going to salvage your season starting week by week? So starting this week. Can you do anything? Um, have you been hit hard no. by injuries? I've been okay, actually. How badly are you affected? Because like it hasn't really either a lot of skill or a bit of luck. The players I own, only two or three of them are flagged and they're people I can easily bench or use one of my two free transfers. Well, on. Andy, so I'm loving this. Knowing the way my season's going, what do you reckon? I think you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> I am in trouble. Kirk, we were talking off before we started. Not for very long, though. And uh, one thing you showed me just kind of made my evening. Can you just read out your game week ranks for the listeners this season? I'm actually, I'm actually proud of this. It's actually I, that impressive. I'm going to introduce it that your like big FPL thing is getting out of the blocks fast and getting a serious start to get ahead of all your rivals. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll, I'll include game week one. So, okay. So game week one, 72k overall. Awesome textbook, Kirk's classic Kirk's. He was off to. The start we all knew he was gonna get. <laughs> Game week two, three point nine million. Okay, probably need to do something. This ain't going well. Uh, just watch out. I, I'm obviously missing a few players here. So game week three, wild card. That'll fix the problem, surely. <laughs> Six point five million. Yikes. <laughs> And then swiftly followed by 4.6, 4.4, 4.9, 5.8, and 5. That is, it's seriously impressive. It actually, you couldn't do it if you tried. You'd literally have to take hits intentionally to, to do this. It's good though, I think. I, I, I'm proud almost. Has anybody would ever you, Would you say in game before? week three, there might have only been six and a half million players in the game? <laughs> <laughs> like we've probably accumulated an extra million along the way. You might have came last the week you used your wildcard uh i think that's the, the thing it was a wildcard week and i finished six and a half million i mean that's that was my season over there but it's a good laugh I, I can't believe it like it's just uh it's just incredibly bad like it's i haven't had a green arrow all season it's literally like eight red arrows one after another because i started so high with game week one it's just been red 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 do you honestly think your season's over or do you think there's Oh, and he kind of fixing my, it. Obviously, my plan is to win the whole thing. So, I mean, that's out the window. Yeah. Could you get top 100K? No. Not you from could. There. No? No. No, okay. the points are gone. The points are gone. Even if uh, you could predict the fucking everything that's going to happen, I'm not going to get those points. We said it last week. Like, just the amount of hat tricks and goals and assists that happened in the first six game weeks ain't going to happen again. You're painting a bleak picture. So why do we do this again? Uh, mainly just for a point and uh, just something to do during COVID. Yeah, I suppose. Although, as soon as COVID is over, we'll be doing live pods again. I prefer them where I can sit beside you and see your misery in real life. Thanks. HD quality. <laughs> the tears are real. <laughs> I can taste the tears <laughs> in the in the atmosphere. Now I can just see them. So... Um... Going back to this week's team and plans for going forward, the uh, I got hit by Trent, Salah, Brewster, Wilson, Mitchell. 
uh, like the fact that I'm even fucking relying on Mitchell and Brewster to, to, <laughs> to, to play is probably an indication of how fucked I am here. But uh, I have one transfer. I was going to son to Grealish or son to Zayic, but I probably have to now take out an injured guy. It's probably Wilson or Trent to come out uh, for Bamford, Watkins, Diaz, Cancelo, something like that. But uh, yeah, it's going to be difficult to put out a, a full 11 unless somebody comes back. You, you said put... last week that you were very anti-hits. They hadn't been working for you this season. Could you not justify one when your team's kind of in that kind of shape? No? Salah will be back in a week and he's not actually suffering. Like he'll come back and he'll be well rested. So I'm not taking him out. Um, Brewster and Mitchell are bench boys anyway. Like I yeah. think the only one I need to worry about is just Son and Trent. And Son will play. I just, I don't like having Son at home to a city with two city players away. Like, I'm always one to, to, to pick. Like, if I'm going to, I would have benched Son, like, if I had the, the option here and just said, I think City are going to win that game. I'm going to play my city players. Yeah. Um, I don't like having all the guys in the same game. But no choice this week. I don't know what you're going to do, though, but you're two free transfers, no injuries, and flying high. I'm 1.2 million in the bank. Don't forget that. Fucking hell. Because I've accidentally been building bank kirks where you've been uh, <laughs> going bankrupt. Accidentally. And you're doing so well. So it's clearly a really good uh, tactic. A, a really good indicator. Um, Yeah, like I'm in decent shape. That's why I'm... I hate to always come across as the smug guy on the pod. But I wasn't last season. Last season, I was the miserable one. So, I prefer uh, the smug guy. It's much easier. Yeah. And I still think I come across quite smug when I'm miserable. Because I talk about previous seasons, I managed to deflect how bad I'm doing. But uh, yeah, joking aside, this week looking pretty solid. Um, I have two free transfers, of money in the bank. Of all the injury hit people, I only have Brewster. Like you said, he's on the bench. I've Robertson, who apparently is going to be okay. I haven't checked if he's playing or Scotland playing tonight. They might be. Um, but I think it sounded like he was going to be all right. And I've Salah, and uh, my starting eleven is surprisingly strong seeing as I have 12.3 million on the bench in Salah so I have two free transfers um, I have two Spurs people and the plan is to phase them out over the next two weeks so I'm going to get rid of Sun this week for Ziyech um, liking what I see with Chelsea I'm really uh, <clears throat> don't want to repeat stuff we said last week so if I start rambling on about similar things shoot me a look Kirks Um. But yeah, really impressed with Chelsea, really impressed with CS. Just to continue my unprofessionalism, I'm now eating a sandwich. So <laughs> I can't interrupt you to tell you to stop. Okay, so I'll just talk by default. Um, yeah, Sun to Ziyech for one week. So he's going to play Newcastle away. Um, I think that's a good fixture. Newcastle, Newcastle are just such a wishy-washy team. I think they're good enough to stay up. They have enough points on the board already to be somewhat uh, complacent. And they're just the kind of team that are going to get beatens every now and then. And Chelsea, I think they put four past Sheffield United. They put three past Burnley before that. So they're kind of usually stubborn teams. I think Chelsea are just clicking into gear. And if they can get most of their attacking players back from international duty okay, then happy days. I think Ziyech scored three goals and got an assist in two international games. So he's in form. He was playing... Central African Republic or someone like that. I don't want to insult Africa <laughs> again by getting the name wrong, but it was something like that. 
So he's in good form. Um, yeah, look, he looks a good player. It's just interesting to see if he, he he keeps that up in terms of FPL points. Like he looks really classy, but like you can be the the classy guy like David Silva who maybe pulls the strings, or you could be the classy guy like De Bruyne who like is putting in that killer pass or that you know, long range goal. Yeah. Speaking of David Silva, I was reading an article about him today. Uh, his Real Sociedad team are top of La Liga since he moved. Supposedly he's still deadly. Yeah. Um, well, it's not surprising, I suppose. So the plan is Ziyech for Sun, roll one transfer, and then the following week, I think I'm going all in on City. I'm going to get in KDB and I'm going to get in Jesus for Kane and Ziyech. Um, target is it, those. Is Aguero not back? Or on his he's, way back? He's due to be back, but I just don't trust him. And I think you it's, not trust him enough, though, that you're happy to, to to roll with Jesus. Yeah, especially for game week 10 and 11. Like, they play Burnley and Fulham at home. Uh, Aguero's probably not going to come straight in and start games. He could easily get injured. And, like, worst case scenario, they might alternate games or Jesus is definitely yeah, getting minutes off the bench. Yeah, yeah, he'll get half an hour or whatever. Like, you're, I suppose you're right. Like, they're not going to risk Aguero surely again. Like, they rushed, not rushed him back, but like, they threw him in there for two games, three games, and he got injured again. Surely they must be thinking, right, he's 32, whatever he is now. We can't actually just be firing him in for 90 minutes. I think so. And like, I, I keep alternating between Jesus, 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 but Gabby, um, he, he looked okay against Liverpool took his goal really well looked quite sharp he's gone off to play for Brazil I think so it all depends on how he comes back but we'll talk about City a bit more later I think like they play Burnley Fulham West Brom all at home in the space of four game weeks and if I could nail my two City players for those like their players are so lowly owned at the minute so combos of those players are even less owned and it could be a big ranks that's where I'm going as well with the City guys but I think we're we're banking on them actually turning it around. I mean, they always seem like they're about to just click and that's it to go and destroy somebody. But they've been a little bit hit and miss. Like that first half of Liverpool game, they were deadly. Um, Liverpool were deadly as well. Actually, just two good teams going at each other. But um, I'd just be afraid like they go to Tottenham and I'm expecting them to beat Tottenham. But like if they show up with their crap and Tottenham actually turn them over, like, oh, they no. Might just yeah, they, <laughs> they really haven't got going. Like they're they're tenth in the league. They've only scored ten goals in seven games. Like they're just not, they're just not the city that we know and the team that we should be targeting all their attacking assets. But I, it just has to change sometime, in my opinion. They're too good. Yeah. They've got too good a squad, and these fixtures are too nice to avoid. And like, hopefully, people will be wary, so it will be a chance to take advantage yeah, of that. Exactly. Yeah. Like so, it, it mightn't be the worst thing. If they have a, a drab nil all or one all draw with Spurs, it might keep people and away. Then go into those home games. Yeah. Yeah, be nice. So is the uh, general advice then um to kind of move off the Spurs guys? Like I'm gonna get rid of Sun. I was never hundred percent sold on them and I'm a little bit anti Spurs, but you're I did well Spurs, Spurs, but you're you like Spurs and you got two players. Like are you moving both of them on? Yeah, I think I have to just because the fixtures, like they play City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Palace away, Liverpool, Leicester, Wolves between game week nine and game week 15. And like, it's not that they're bad options or they won't score points against some of those tougher teams. When you look at, I actually have a little chart here from one of the questions last week. When you look at the kind of 
their rivals say so Liverpool City United Chelsea Leicester they're just two and three of those teams every week have a better fixture than Spurs and they cost quite a lot of money at this stage so yeah I'm, yeah. I'm kind of happy like job done the last four to six weeks they've got me a load of points that's what I wanted them for like no loyalty in this game move them on <laughs> and like it's not like they've been super impressive like they nicked a win last time out yeah. against West Brom they nicked a win against Burnley they nicked a win against Brighton like they're they've been quite dour like it's I said that's, it last uh, week. That's yeah. Premier League winning form. I, that's exactly what I was about to say. Um, it's Premier League winning form, but it's easy uh, FPL assets kind of to jump off at, at this time. So yeah, like look, I think from game week 10, Liverpool and City assets, and I want to ask you about Liverpool in a second actually, but between game week 10, right, you get Brighton, Burnley, this is, I'm naming Liverpool first and City. So Brighton, Burnley, Wolves, Fulham, Fulham, then City play United. Then you get West Brom, Palace, Southampton, West Brom, Newcastle, Newcastle, Everton. It's just such a nice run between the top two in the league, really, on paper. And uh, yeah. I'm going to have all my money in Liverpool City. And then you can still afford like a United player and a Chelsea player. I was working it out. You can afford Liverpool City, United, Chelsea, and or Vardy, like, so if you kind of ignored United and got rid of a Bruno, or if you only had one city option, you could you could get a Vardy in as well, whose fixtures aren't too bad. So Spurs are gonzo for me. Yeah, okay, so you're basically saying it's not that they won't pick up points, but you can flick between all the other big teams with better fixtures. So Some of them for cheaper, and also, I just won't, I won't cry about it, or I won't kind of have any kind of remorse if Tottenham do well. Like I'm just not expecting the points. So if they kind of overperform, there's nothing I could have done about it. Like, because like I said, it's not like they're performing especially well. Like they're getting returns, but they're not really. Uh, they yeah. haven't been right home about other than United and Southampton, who just completely played into their hands. What about the our two favorite teams, uh, Villa? And Everton? <laughs> you knew I was going to say, didn't you? <laughs> I did. Yeah. As soon as you said, what about? You didn't even get any further than that. <laughs> what about the bottom of the barrel? I'm going to open a beer now. You're going to be more unprofessionalism. Uh, you can't um, really ignore them in the short term and uh, Villa even longer term. They're they're kind of hit and miss performance wise, and like they're they're not going to win the league like some of their fans thought a few games ago. Um, they're the kind of team that look they absolutely trounced Arsenal, who again played into their hands. But you got to give them credit. They they seem to be able to do anybody on the break. They just. Uh, they they bought really well yeah. in the summer, didn't they? I oh, know they did. If they um they filled a lot of gaps that like the goalkeeper, um the right back, the striker, like they're and Barkley is like although he's a bench boy for most of his life, like he's a he's a big step <laughs> up for the for the Villa team. Their fixers are brilliant. I think for for their price, like they're not on. You're gonna say on paper they could lose all of these games, but just in current form I know it's just interesting okay so um, like Brighton West Ham Newcastle Wolves Burnley West Brom um, you can easily afford a Grealish a Watkins both even if you wanted to go down that route I prefer them to Everton I think Everton have who do you think nice they'll be games. like what game if you wanted to develop there what yeah. game would you want the most I think it's trick because the way they play in the break uh, you want somebody or maybe West Brom would definitely be one I'd target but like West Ham have been playing pretty well. I don't know. It's tricky because they're kind of playing against teams who almost play the same way. I think they could be Brighton. 
because with Brighton are actually probably of those next six teams are probably more their front foot. But I, I like the way Brighton play and I'm still looking forward to that game in terms of how they're going to go at each other. But uh, they're going to struggle to beat maybe a very deep Newcastle, a very deep Wolves, a very deep Burnley. Um, you might see that it might come down to like a, a Grealish kind of, you know, bit of trickery or a peno or falling over um, rather than like the big scores we've seen with the other games. Yeah. And for their price, like you're just getting spoiled with the big scores. I I, I said it a few weeks ago with Barkley, like he's ticking along perfectly for me. You know, he's got a goal, he's got an assist. He's got maybe a clean sheet in the last four game weeks for 5.9 million. That's all I need. And if he, like they're, they're putting in like Grealish and Bark, they're putting up some good numbers. Like they could, yeah. they could haul a couple of times in the next run of fixtures. Yeah. Um, Everton it... have three nice fixtures. Uh, I don't I like, like them as much as Villa. I liked the three fixtures. I just can't get onto them. So if you have DCL, fair enough. Uh, Charleston's back from suspension. Is James Rodriguez going to be any fitter, any sharper than he was the last couple of weeks? The type of injury he had, Kirk's a testicle injury. It just takes time, in my it's probably, experience. It's probably so, like the night terrors. He's probably like, mentally, it's probably affected him. <laughs> yeah, and he's had the whole international break. He played against United, so it wasn't completely excruciating, but he didn't look great. So hopefully he's recovered over the, the two weeks. Um, but yeah, Fulham, Leeds and Burnley, they're good games. Yeah, they are good good runner fixtures. But like, I'd rather those three with Everton than... Villas, Brighton, West Ham, Newcastle one. Like if you got DCL the cheap, or I think Charleston's the same price now, with price drop. Yeah. This all just comes down to which team do you have the bigger vendetta against? And I think it's Villa, so that's why you're leaning towards Everton. <laughs> uh, I think Villa's better run though over the long term. Like so there's seven games there. I'd I'd happily sit on a Villa player, whereas Everton's turned very sharply into Chelsea, Leicester, Arsenal, Sheffield United, Man City. <laughs> so, I mean, in the long term, definitely Villa, like over that long period of games. But yeah, I like those three Everton fixtures. Yeah, like Villa are a weird one. Um, like they got absolutely smashed by Leeds, who are real Jekyll and Hyde team. Well. Yeah. Um, they conceded four against Southampton. In fairness, we probably should have gave them more credit at the time. Like the stats and the XGs were all in Villa's favour and some of the goals ah, they conceded were that, class. Did you watch that? It I wasn't didn't, like, to be honest. It wasn't like XGs, like they didn't deserve like the goal. Like there were high XG goals, but like they destroyed them for 60 Their minutes. Quality. Yeah. But Villa are the kind of team they've shown. They can beat anyone. Yeah, definitely. Right. I mean, look at the demolition lure. Like if you, I think they work really hard. So like if you don't match them for effort, they'll beat you. Um, yeah. I don't know what the fuck the Arsenal are doing it's fucking anyway before we move on uh, talk to me about captains who are you going to captain are you targeting any captains you're not really your transfers are just going to be kind of fighting fires so you can't yep. really uh, I was going to captain Salah at home to Leicester I think I said it last week but it'll probably stick with De Bruyne against Tottenham I just rolled the dice there and then the other option Werner against Newcastle but I'm not 100% sure on Werner playing 90 minutes uh, well I think De Bruyne will so I think I might go with De Bruyne. That's an interesting one. He'll probably be quite lowly captain. Werner's Germany are getting beat 5-0 by uh, one of the worst Spain teams on paper that I've seen in a long time. And Ferran Torres has scored a hat-trick, Kirks. He should have got him in weeks ago. <laughs> he's on fire. To, to be honest, he's hard to, to leave out now, isn't he? Yeah. 
he's in great form and he doesn't look a bad player like it's not like he's just like oh we've got a few injuries and we're stuck let's put him in there like they, they bought him this year like and he looks good yeah Werner came off after 76 minutes so that's not bad for you yeah I just I just don't but Tammy kind of getting a few games the uh, Giroud scored a few goals tonight for France as well just uh Pulisic is back isn't he uh and then he has to fit in Mount and Zayic as well. It looks like he's going to nail in a, a spot going forward. So just a little worried he mightn't actually get the 90 minutes. Like and, he and was in the areas dropped. you want him to be. He was meant to be dropped that last game. And uh, who, who pulled out last minute? Pulisic. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, with all them back fit, like he looks really good when he gets a chance. Like he looks pretty dangerous. But he looks a bit lost during the game. And you must be thinking, yeah, sure, I'll throw in. Adoy, Pulisic, Mount, Zayic, like Havertz, like fucking hell, what options? Yeah, we called it last season, Karks. Pulisic is a fraud going off injured before <laughs> a game even starts. Uh, he's, he's, yeah, he's not my favorite pick. Like, I don't know, I know he's, uh, he's very dangerous, but looking at uh, Zayic, and I think Mount's been playing really well. Like, he, maybe not as classy, but he just puts a massive shift in and doesn't let anything, um, go like he's got good delivery he can finish from outside the box really like and like Gareth Southgate now Kirks gets asked a question about something completely different and he just keeps bringing up Mount <laughs> he's a really good player but uh, you have to fit them all in and um, that's kind of tricky when you're Frank Lampard yeah from my captaincy point of view it's on Bruno at the minute and I've had him in my team so it's an easy one for me West Brom at home United's home form has been terrible they've They've only scored two goals at Old Trafford this season. Um, all of Bruno's halls have been away. All of their better performances have been away. Even in the Champions League, like they bet. Did they beat PSG, PSG. away? Um, yeah. I don't know what the story is. Like, obviously, no fans <laughs> is having a negative impact on them. But uh, West Brom are pretty uh, tight against Spurs. So I wonder if they'll frustrate oh. United. They were actually quite good. I mean, they had a, a few chances as well. It wasn't like they shut up shop. They were they were kind of fairly evenly matched for a lot yeah. of the game. So I'm kind of tempted to later. captain Ziyech instead when I bring him in. And look, I'm leaving my transfers until the very last minute. All these yeah, injuries, all this illness floating around. Definitely not. I suppose the main thing to do is keep an eye on the injuries. Wait till, as late as you can and make sure you're replacing somebody who's out for a period. Like, don't go replacing Salah for a week. Like, he's not injured. Um, like, if Trent's out for a while or Wilson's out for a while, they're the guys to replace. Yeah. You have all these and guys then... knee-jerking now because he's 12 million. Oh, no, I'm going to switch him to Mane. It's like, he'll yeah. be back and he'll don't, be fine. Don't jerk, guys. <laughs> no jerking. Yes, no jerking. Um, and then my third option is DCL. Uh He's not my favourite captaincy option, but why wouldn't I put the armband on him away to Fulham? Um, I have some stats and stuff for later because it comes up in the questions. Uh, but at the minute, it's probably Bruno, Ziyech, DCL in that order, but some good options. Uh, sitting prettier than you at the minute. <laughs> I'm going to have to make myself a new target, like finish ahead of Woolley or something. I think I'm going to have to make a very realistic target. That's a good one, though. That will actually motivate you. Like, even oh, if yeah. he's five millionth and you can come four and a half millionth, that will motivate you to get ahead of him. I think that that's enough. That's that's a win for me at this stage. 
Yeah, he's such a hateful little man sometimes when he starts uh, <laughs> when he starts go- when he starts goading you and kind of telling you things will turn around and it's his passive just, aggressiveness. Just keep it up, big dog, and you know all that kind of lingo gets my goat. So it does. Before we, move, yeah, before we move on and uh, wrap up whatever the start of this pod was, uh, I was going to ask you about Liverpool. So you mentioned Salah, oh, yeah. a bit of him, put him on your bench. Um, their defence is in an absolute crisis, but that comes up in the questions, so don't go into too much detail. Fabinho's injured. Henderson has a knock. Uh, Firmino might never score again. Is there any kind of argument to avoid Liverpool, or do you think they're good enough that they're going to get FPL points? Like, if they have a kind of thrown together defence, will that affect the likes of Salah? I don't. To be honest, it it will a bit. I think Alisson's the the main component of that defence. Um, as long as they have Mata fit or Gomez fit, but like even when Gomez played with your man Phillips there two weeks ago, like Phillips looked a better player. Like Gomez has been really poor form recently and like really unsure and just getting caught out and making mistakes. Like if you got Phillips and Mata starting the next game with either Milner or Williams as right back and Robertson's fifth for left back, it's not bad. Like it's they play a certain way, like. It's a system as opposed to uh, uh, individual players. And I've seen enough from your man Phillips in that last game that he looks really good in the air. He played everything simple on the ground that if they have the ball, I kind of expect them to do okay. So um, don't have a complete fire sale of all your Liverpool players. You can keep Salah. Because like I mentioned, the the Liverpool fixtures in conjunction with the City ones are just lovely. Like Liverpool play Brighton, Fulham, Palace, West Brom, Newcastle in the next eight. So I don't want to get rid of Salah. I just hope that the whole team isn't just kind of disjointed. Or Yeah, they have enough options, I think, in midfield. Like, Ronaldo scored two goals there for Holland. Um, when's um, Thiago back? That's so weird. I didn't hear anything about him. Like, he said he was going to miss one game, and then I haven't seen or heard from him since. I don't know, to be honest. And he looks so good, the game he did play. Was Half it uh... Chelsea. I think he played against Everton as well. Do you remember he played that lovely pass for the Mane offside goal? I think he might be back. I, I just haven't heard anything about him for the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I think he's back. Just, just quick Google in there, but like it looks like he um, could be back into contention for that. But that's huge. Like, imagine he's holding the midfielder now uh, and Henderson has to sit out. And then you still have whoever the hell you want, Ronaldo and Keita uh, or whatever. You play the you play the four two three one instead, and you play Jada. Like I mean, that's it's it's good. Like it's fine. It's not a concern. Cool. I I didn't really want to get rid of him, but just was interested in your opinion. I've seen some people talking about maybe avoiding Liverpool, but the fixtures are too good, and Salah will always score goals. So, um, someone like Nico Williams, if he plays the right back, like <laughs> Trent's incredible, like delivery of the ball, but he's not a brilliant defender. Nico Williams at the end of last season when he got a few games. He looked like a little kind of carbon copy of him, like fairly attacking, good delivery, but maybe he's even a little bit better going backwards. So it's obviously a step down with the experience Trent has now in the last couple of years, but still looking forward to seeing uh, who starts right back, if it's Milner or Williams. So that wraps up whatever that first part of the pod was, an impromptu rambling of FPL proportions, I feel. Literally, a bacon bagel and several jellies. You look very happy, <laughs> so you do. You look like a happy boy. Good. So, 
we'll jump straight into the questions. And uh, this one comes in from Nuclear Atoms. So I believe that's four questions in a row, Gerx. And I don't really know what that makes him. I'm going to say he's a friend of the show, but he's on probation. I am unclear as to the levels of your friend bar. So I can't comment. Me too. And uh, I'm kind of lucky we don't have that many listeners so I can kind of remember people. But we're starting to get different people asking questions and I'm going to be screwed. I'm just going to be like, uh, that guy is... But who cares? It's not really important. It's just a silly little thing that I said one day and now feel under pressure to keep going. Yeah, you're very repetitive. <laughs> <laughs> Some people like repetition, you know? Yeah. Right. Okay, it, we'll, call, we'll call it consistent instead of repetitive. It makes them feel safe. So his question is, would you rather have Vardy after game week nine for his three fixtures and then bring in KDB or ignore Vardy and bring in KDB after game week nine instead? So where's Leicester? He's ignoring game week nine where Vardy plays Liverpool and KDB plays Tottenham. Sheffield, Brighton. And then KDB is? Burnley, Fulham, United. I'd rather KDB. And then obviously you're going into West Brom at home then for KDB as well. So, yeah, uh, but if he brings in Vardy, he's getting West Brom at home because he's going to ship him out after those I don't know, nice I, I Leicester suppose, fixtures. Who's he got right now? Is he shipping him out or is he bringing him in? Uh, I don't think he has either of them at the minute. If you had to bring one in, I'd be bringing in De Bruyne because you can keep him for a lot longer. You've got all those home games coming up. Um, you're going to be in a fairly good position to be able to bring in Vardy and swap him for, for De Bruyne. Like you can just bring in De Bruyne and use that transfer in the, the third week for something else. Yeah. Um, if you do have to swap him, it's going to take you two transfers because they're obviously different positions. Um, oh yeah. But he's probably planned for that. Uh, I think it's a bit of a coin flip to be honest, because I don't think there's anything wrong with bringing in Vardy for those three fixtures. They're nice. Uh, I was going to say he's in form. He's not really in form, but he's in scoring form. I don't think he's really got going he's, yet. But he's doing his normal. He's on yeah. penalties as well, like so. He's guaranteed to start. Guaranteed to take penalties. I don't have a problem with the three games versus the three games. I just think De Bruyne has got a longer stay in your team. That's that's what's tipping it. Yeah. So you're saving a free transfer that way. Um, you're saving two transfers, as you pointed out. True. Neither of them have hit top gear. Both of them missed a penalty last time out, which is kind of interesting. I don't think anyone's taken penalties off Vardy. Whereas KDB, I don't think ever looks completely happy. It, it looks to me like he's like, yeah, I'll do it because nobody else I'll is do scoring. It the rest of these are fucking useless. <laughs> but I wonder if the likes of Jesus might go back on them or Ederson will finally take one. It's been a touted for seasons <laughs> now. But, I'd uh, say he's probably really good at them. Yeah, so would I. And uh, can you imagine your goalie was on penalties? I know who I'd be bringing in. <laughs> so uh, who else will take them though? Seriously, though, like I don't know if Jesus is a guaranteed starter to be the number one penalty taker. Um, Gundogan sometimes Gundogan, takes yeah, them. Yeah, he took some, but he's in and out a little bit as well. Maybe Fair and Tars will take them. That man can't do anything wrong at the I minute. I just think the only man who's guaranteed to be on the pitch and to be your number one penalty taker is De Bruyne. And it wasn't, it wasn't like it was a well say penalty. Just it was a bad penalty. You yeah, should never miss the target, Kirks. Unusual for him, I suppose, in many ways. Which tells me he doesn't want to do it. But yeah, anyway, back to the question. Um, I, I'm with you. I, I would just lean towards KDB. But honestly, 
if your team is set up in a way that you can bring in Vardy and you can ship him out and it's not going to cost you any hits and you want to go that way, it's not a bad option bringing Vardy in for three games. Yeah, if they, like that's that's well planned. I just think considering just the extra element of um, injuries, which have been picked been picked up with COVID, people picking that up. Um, I wouldn't like to be planning for a double transfer two weeks time. I'd just rather be sitting on somebody I know who's deadly. Yeah, that's fair enough. I I agree with that. Next question comes in from RPJ, our favorite wrestler and a good friend of the show. Who should be my captain this week from DCL, Jimenez, Ziesh, or Super Jack? You know who my heart is choosing. So uh, Rob is a Villa fan. How do we attract them? How do we attract them? I I say nothing but anti-Villa stuff. Yeah, we seem to have Villa listeners. Our pod might be just that good, Kirks. But uh, (laughs) look, I give uh, Rob plenty of credit because he's a Villa fan from Birmingham, you know. He's not one okay, of these. So what are the uh, options? DCL. Sorry, let me finish, Kirk. He's not one of these oh. glory hunter Villa fans who support them because they bet United 3-1 in a League Cup when we were kids. That's not directed at anybody in particular. Um, yeah, he's a proper Villa fan, local club. You can't really argue with Kirk. You kind of even have to be happy for those people who have gone through ups and downs. Well, look, what you've said makes sense, but I don't care. Yeah. So the options are DCL, <laughs> who is away to Fulham. Jimenez yeah. is home to Southampton. Yeah. is away to Newcastle. Super Jack is home to Brighton. Oof. And his take into account who his heart is choosing. Would that affect you? Would you would you just be happy being a Villa fan if Grealish gets goals and assists? And would you kind of divide and conquer? Do you know? Okay, let's see here. So, so, uh, who's the third one? Greatish? Z-ish, Z-ish away to Newcastle. Z-ish. okay, yeah. And Jimenez. Yep. I'd rule out Jimenez on the spot. Just Wolves, we laugh about it. They don't really score more than one goal a game. Um, they haven't got any kind of attacking form. I'd probably rule him out straight away. The other three, I think, are decent options, and it's an argument. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Rule out Jimenez. I do think they could beat Southampton, and they could beat them comfortably, but on previous form, yep. Yeah. Okay, Jimenez, bottom. I had a look at the teams that they're playing's defensive stats because that might help them decide. So Brighton, away from home, they've kept one clean sheet in four. They've conceded seven goals. They have allowed 27 shots, which is the best defense away from home. 15 in the box, which is the best defense away from home. <laughs> they've con- It's weird. I don't know what to make of it. They've allowed nine big chances and their expected goals conceded is 4.65. So... They're kind of underperforming, really, based on their stats. They've let in seven goals. Uh, on the eye test, they look good. Properly, they look good, but they look uh, made for Villa the way both teams are playing. Generally. Yeah, that's maybe I, I know I keep talking about this as though like I'm looking forward to the Champions League final, but <laughs> actually, really, I'm looking forward to this game. They Brighton are on their front foot. They, they play quite attacking. The two boys go forward on the left and the right, like Lamptey and Trossard and whatever. And Villa are playing on the counter attack. Like this could be like a Villa like four nil, or this could be like a Brighton two one two nil. Like, uh, I that would put me off Grealish, not an anti Villa way. I think he could get two assists, two goals, like and actually haul big time, or he could actually get nothing. And that's why I would kind of go away from him a little bit because I think 
someone like Zish Zish or DCL might be a bit more reliable. Okay, so I'll go on to Southampton's away defensive form, even though we've ruled out Jimenez, but just so he knows, they've kept one clean sheet as well in four, conceded seven, exact same as Brighton. They've allowed 45 shots in the box. No, 45 shots in total, 35 in the box. They're about middle of the road, those stats. They've conceded nine big chances and their expected goals conceded is 5.32. So nine big chances isn't terrible. It's not amazing. What is it? It's just over two a game. I was looking at the, the results. So they've been involved in some real slobber knockers away from home. Like they drew three all with Chelsea. They got they bet Villa 4-3. So there is goals there. But on the flip side, they're playing Wolves who were saying won't score many goals. So I can't really see one of those high scoring affairs. I just yeah. really him and as. Goals against seven, like on the XG tables, there are what one, two, three, four, five, six to Hampton. Like they're not great, but I think I'm on the same page as you. I just Wolves don't look like they're going to beat anybody more than one nil at the moment. They could, but I wouldn't be chancing it on this game. Yeah, and then Fulham, they've kept one clean sheet at home, so Everton are away to them. DCL will be away. They've conceded eight goals, so two a game. Um, Shots against 49, it's the sixth worst in the league. In the box, 36. So 36 out of 49 is quite a high proportion, so they're allowing shots in dangerous areas. It's the third worst in the league. They've allowed 11 big chances, second worst in the league, just behind West Brom. And their XGC is 6.44. So their defense is noticeably worse than Southampton's and Brighton's. Um, DCL loves a big chance, you know. Everton's Everton's home stats for XG isn't spectacular, though. Yeah, they're away from home, though, Everton. Oh, sorry, away from home isn't spectacular. Okay. I'm looking away. They've scored four goals. Yeah. Expected goals is five. Like, it's it's very mid-table kind of stuff. Like, but you're probably up against the second worst team in terms of goals against. Yeah, second worst yeah. team. And then to wrap yeah, up that defensive kind of thing, Newcastle at home. We talked about this last week because I think we we were bigging up Chelsea, but they've kept no clean sheets at home. They've conceded nine. They conceded three goals at home to Brighton and four goals at home to United. Um, team, good attacking teams, you know, who play slick football and have a bit of pace. Chelsea have all of that. They've conceded 63 shots, which is the worst in the league. Um, 36 in the box, which is the third worst in the league. This is a weird one. They've only allowed five big chances. So when you think the other two were seven and then Fulham was 11, they're conceding a lot of chances, but keeping the big chances to a minimum. Um, I think Chelsea are just going to beat Newcastle quite comfortably. And if CS plays, he'd be involved. Yeah, I think Newcastle, it's a bit of a blow losing Wilson. I think a lot of their... Goal scoring and just not having him, I think maybe he's a bit of a Debbie Downer. Um, like you're going into a game against Chelsea and you're missing the guy who's probably going to get you your goal or score your penalty, and you're kind of like, oh fuck, we're going to get destroyed here. And that just probably plays into Chelsea a little bit more. Um, so I just, just from the commentary they're on, like he's not the number nine, he's not taking penalties. Like, so you are relying on him to, to be putting in the assist like he did the last day or put in the corner onto someone's head. Um, DCL is the number nine. Like he's, if they even gets a shitty goal, it could be him from two yards out getting that shitty goal. Yeah. I think it comes down to that for me. It's, it's DCL being the number nine against a shit Fulham team versus Zayich being the classy midfielder, maybe not the, the striker against a shitty Newcastle team. So I, I think that'd be my, my 
my final two. Cool, that sounds fair enough. And I'm going to piggyback on that question because the next question comes in from Alan Duggan. And uh, he was basically asking, is Grealish captainable this week? So I have a few stats for Grealish. And looking at these, he really is. So like before I seen these, I was with you. I thought eh, a bit wishy-washy. There's probably better options. But the last four game weeks, so he scored 25 points. He's created nine chances. Barkley is actually first with 15, but he's created four big chances, which is joint top with Ziyech. And he has two assists. So this is all in the last four game weeks. He's had 42 touches, penalty area touches. He's just one behind Salah, who has 43, who's number one. I, I just would never have associated Grealish with getting in the box that much. I always thought he kind of operates on the fringes, shoots from range, puts in crosses from out wide. But he's getting yeah. into the box. He's No, what they're not showing you there is he got into the corner of the box and he just did a few tippy-tappies. <laughs> it, just, could, guys... it could be like. <laughs> he's had 13 shots, 11 in the box, um, three big chances. His XGI is 2.49. It's third best. Uh, he just looks so good. Uh, you know, yeah, against Arsenal, he looked great. For England, people have been raving about him, but he's been performing really well for them again. Um, man of the match, maybe, in his last two performances for them. I'd, I think I would... For Rob, it's a weird one, because if you captain him at home to Brighton, if he does well, it's like a double kind of celebration. But if he doesn't, it's just a double failure, because, you know... I know, I, I like, I'd like team. to have him. Um, I'm not sure if I'm fully confident in captaining him, but like having him, I think, is a is a good start. And then I might be captaining somebody somebody else. He's not uncaptainable. Like, I mean, I've captained Foden, Harry Wilson, <laughs> all sorts. Like, I think I that says more about you. I just don't know if... Uh, I yeah, I just don't know which way that game's going to go. I like to, to guess how I think the games are going to go and base my captain a little bit on that. And I'm just not sure on that one. Happy to have him in my team. I just wouldn't be happy maybe to risk the captain on him. Like I captain Foden when I thought Foden was going to play and I thought City were going to hammer somebody. Um, but I suppose, yeah, make a decision how you think the game is going to go and then decide. The last time DCL played one of the two worst teams in the league, he scored a hat-trick against West Brom. So I wonder if he could yep. have a similar return against Fulham. I, I'd go Grealish, to be honest, out of those four options. Um, you've kind of your commentary kind of sums up my feelings, but just my decision is slightly different. I agree completely on Ziyech. He's someone I'd like to have in my team, but I probably wouldn't captain him, even though I think he could do quite well. DCL, I just doesn't inspire me. I've talked about getting rid of him for weeks. I, I don't think I could captain him. And uh, they have all the boys back. The, the band's back together, Andy. I know. So yeah, there you go, Rob. We say it every week. We're not going to pick for you. We just kind <laughs> of ramble, talk a load of shit. That hopefully background noises, some... talk over each other. <laughs> yeah, hopefully you can decide now and make the right call. But Kirk's gun to head. Who did you say? I said Grealish. I think I'll go DCL. Cool. And uh, we'll give Alan Duggan his justice, even though we've answered the question. But he said, would you consider Grealish as captain material this week over Bruno? He scored in both games versus Brighton last year. Four big chances created in the last four matches, three big chances for himself, or is it just too risky? Nah, I, I, he's not uncaptable. I wouldn't put him off it, but I just I think there's better options. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. I would captain Grealish, and especially if Bruno's injured, it's a no-brainer for you. But uh, I think Alan captained Grealish earlier in the season, and he blanked. So maybe, 
that is playing on his mind. No, he's, a, he's in good form. I mean, it's, it's not like he's... No, Alan's in terrible form, Kirk. He might actually be lower than you in FPL. He's probably listening to us, though. Yeah. And then his second question, do you just suck up all the missing players this week? Kind of. What I can you says, do? said earlier, like, it's just keep an eye on the long-term ones. Obviously, they have to go. Salah doesn't have to go yet. Brewster hopefully doesn't have to go for me. Well, bench anyway. But, yeah, keep an eye on the, the, the length of time they're out. I've seen people talking about using a free hit. You, you could never do that. Nah. There's going to be better times to use it. Um, if you're on a wild card, I think it's a perfectly fine chance to use your wild card. There's some uh, nice fixtures. Like, Salah's not injured, you see. That's just keep that in mind. Like he's he's not allowed to play, but like he's he's perfectly fit. So, you know, just be careful. Someone like Wilson, fine, get rid of him. He's crocked, and like he comes back, he probably do it again. So, you're not losing out. But Salah's a. Uh, That'll be fresh and ready to go in the next game. Yeah. Allen's team is somewhat undesirable, but it's not terrible. He has I know the feeling. Oba- he has Chilwell, who should be fine. He has Aubameyang, which I admire the punt he took last week, but that didn't work out in hindsight. Um <laughs> who else? He has Mitchell, he has Sice, who's not playing anymore. He's a few kind of problem areas, but he can still get eleven out. So yeah, just suck it up. Use your free transfer, get rid of you know, one of the more long-term problems in your team. And like you said, don't worry about Salah, etc. There's nothing else you can do. But I was saying there, um, it's a it's a great time to wildcard. If you had five or six problem areas, we we're talking about Liverpool, City have a nice fixture swing. Cheap guys like Everton, Villa oh, yeah. have some nice fixtures coming up. Um, we've eight weeks worth of data. We know all the kind of enablers that are playing and of use. You could easily wildcard. I think Alan has used his wildcard though. Off the top of my head. Probably listening to us. Big mistake. Big mistake is right. Um, next question comes in from Sam Huggett. A new asker of questions, I believe. You would say that, Kirk's about 95% of people who ask questions 95% of the weeks. But you're it's actually true. right in this instance. Struggling to weigh up the value, keeping a wild card up my sleeve. With injury, COVID, rotation challenges. What are your thoughts? His OR is 1.4 million. Not bad. I'd use it. Me. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> top advisement, top pod. Eh, I'd use it. <laughs> and people accuse me of being rambly. Maybe I'm forced into rambling after <laughs> advice like that. I'm contemplating. I think you, you yeah. actually answered this question just, just now. So like, I'm kind of like, yep, use it. Uh, like you can fix up your team for some really good fixture runs and it's there's no point holding on to your wildcard. We say this all the time. I went too early, but like you got it nailed this this year. Um like when are you gonna use it if you're not gonna use it in the now? <laughs> yeah. Like, before Christmas, like and then into another one afterwards. I don't know. Well, it gets me, and I, I'm not it's not Sam here in general. It's just some of the language used around holding on to wildcards. It's always like keep it up my sleeve, keep it in my pocket, hold on to it. It's like it's like you're reluctantly doing it or what are you doing it for? Like, when are you holding it for? I think a lot of people are waiting yeah. to game Do week 16. Do you want to be a willy? No, nobody <laughs> wants to be a willy. We discussed this earlier in the pod. Uh, for me, and like, this is going to get very repetitive, but I'll, I'll do it in 30 seconds, Kirks. Um, the value of go. using an early wild card and getting points, taking advantage of like information you have now and fixture swings and getting points between now and game week 16 when people might use it is more valuable to me than using it in game week 16 and like 
building your team for a couple of blanks or a double when, you know, you're, you might end up with a team of players that you don't actually want, depending on who gets the doubles or who's blanking. Um, it's only going to be valuable for a couple of weeks. Whereas if you use it now, you've, what are we, game week nine? You have seven, eight weeks. Yeah, I think so, maybe it's the ambition. Um, I think if you, the sooner you use it, the higher your ambition. There you go. Yeah. I like that for a statement. <laughs> what a quote. We might put that on the next <laughs> next season's mugs. It's like, but it's exactly what you're saying. It's like if you're holding on to it, you're playing defensively. You're you're like you're you you want to react to something that's gone really wrong. Like that's just planning for mediocrity, isn't it? Yeah. And it sounds like his team is kind of stagnating a little bit. So there's definitely no there's no reason to hold on it onto it and maybe go backwards when play it now. Get like, ahead. Okay, look, maybe not play it like this game week, but like have a look at your team, have a look at the fixtures and like work it into like a plan of some sorts. Like maybe you take a couple of punts the next two weeks. You bring in Sterling and De Bruyne as a, as a punt over those home games and wildcard at the end of that punt to reset your team back to something you want to, to use until uh, Christmas. But like, yeah, use it. Um, maybe not just on a whim, but plan to use it and plan what your next couple of games are going to be and then that long stretch after but uh yeah definitely use it yeah definitely use it we're big fans of going early especially when you need to it sounds like you need to there's no point just clinging on for dear but, but life what if there's a blizzard and like all the champions league games are cancelled and they're stuck in russia and they can't come back and uh, i'll have no players and i need it then yeah, well, tough. Don't just use it for that one week when you're going to bring in, just say that week, Burnley are playing Fulham and West Brom are playing Crystal Palace and you have to fill your team up with those two games because they're the only two that didn't get cancelled and your team's best player is Dwight McNeil. Is that when you want to use your wildcard? On, the, on you know? the back foot. Use it now when you can make the absolute best of it and uh, like you said, be proactive, get as many points as you can and you still have weeks to plan for the blank and doubles and game week 18 yep. and 19, I think it is. A double so game weeks like, are always horribly disappointing. Oh, yeah. And it's not like we're going into them completely blind. Like we still have time to use our free transfers to plan for it. And we can take a couple of minus fours if we have to, but hopefully between now and then using wildcards, you'll have made those points. So you sure, can look, who's in down. those double game weeks? City, United and Villa. Like we already <laughs> have players from all those teams or well, people do like, it's not mad. Okay, and the next question, and like, if ever there was a moment that I just shook my head reading a question, it was this, because we know really? the answer. Yeah, should a wild card or hold fire? Like, what even is that question? Actually, we just answer it wrong. Hold fire, Willie. Hold fire. Yeah, hold fire. Save it for game week 16. There's absolutely game week, no benefit. Game week 16, right? And then when you get your next one, hold on to the very last game week <laughs> and play a, like a mental, like really cool last game week team, and then you'll catch up with everybody. Good work, pal. Do you think his questions are just really bad or he kind of pities us and thinks he should ask questions? Oh, I should really stop slagging him as much as I do considering he moved ahead of me, but fuck it. Okay, it anyway. we'll move on. Next question. We're nearly there, Kirks. Comes in from another new asker of questions, El Clopico. Okay. Obviously a Liverpool fan. Has a nice... The, the German-Spanish-Liverpool connection. Hmm. Has a Mauritius flag next to his name. I didn't know what it was, but when you hover over it, it tells you what it is. Cool. Interesting. Who's expected to fill the boots in Liverpool's starting lineup? Are Reese Williams, Nico, and Matt Phillips enablers going forward, even if we should not expect clean sheets? You kind of touched on it, but go again. 
Um, yeah, it's hard to know who's going to start. Like he could easily play Milner right back. He could play Nico Williams right back. Uh, Maddox is obviously going to be injured in two to three games. So <laughs> there's two centre half positions up for grabs. I liked Phillips. I thought he was very solid. I think he's very good in the air, very simple on the ground. Um, what the other guy? What's your dad's name? Reese Williams. He played Europe, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think Phillips is a few years on him as well. Like Phillips is like 23 or 24. I, I don't mind him as it, it seems like a good idea, doesn't it? Like of the, the two of them though, Phillips, I think I'd go for ahead of Nico Williams. Uh, even though Nico Williams, if he does get a run, like he's probably a little bit more attacking, more Trent, Trent-esque in terms of getting forward and getting across, taking a shot. But uh, I think Milner might get in there as well. I don't know. I think it's a good idea. Look, if it goes wrong, put him on the bench. Yeah. And they're all, I think they're all only 4 million. Um definitely viable enablers because Van Dyke's out long-term, Gomez is out long-term. I think Matip is their only fit senior centre-half. And like you said, he's made of crisps. Um, after that, Fabinho can kind of be plugged yeah, in so there, he, but I think he he's injured at the minute as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a bit of a minefield even at that. Like, who do you pick? I, but Nico just, is probably the safer one. Surely you'll want to give him a few games instead of playing Milner. No? Is this not an ideal I'm, chance I'm not to sure. get that I think be, Maybe they'll... they'll take a, a game each but as long as they're cheap enough to bench um, like there's no point bringing Milner in as a midfielder you're not going to get the benefits Yeah. but like if you bring in Nico Williams and he's, he doesn't play um, fuck it put him on the bench or he subs out it's just, you, you save a good few quid um, and you've got a good chance of a clean sheet in some of the fixtures and like all the Liverpool players are injured so it's not like you're kind of saying it's a waste of a Liverpool slot yeah it's, it's going to be hard be- to have three <laughs> You could go to triple midfield or something. Next question comes in from Finton Donnelly, one of our good friends. The Masters are Cheltenham. <laughs> so this is a, a long-running argument over the weekend. I think we both fall on the same side of this, which is a little bit biased. but Yeah, I think the Masters gets going for about three hours on a Sunday night, and Cheltenham is like four days of absolute mayhem. So, yeah, Cheltenham. Yeah, it's a tough question because we're both into horse racing we're not into golf really like but I, there's a I reason why it. we're not into golf like we weren't always into horse racing but we got sucked into it because it's good crack we didn't get sucked into golf yeah because it's crap <laughs> even in terms of events though like you said they're both four days but the masters kind of just simmers for at least two days until the cut has happened and do they say saturday is moving day i don't know i'm just spitting out phrases i heard on whatsapp over the weekend and obviously <laughs> sunday is the final round but cheltenham like you said every race is just you know they're half Massive. an hour apart it's all exciting it's the best racing in the whole year the best horses you know we both take the week off for it so yeah I, I don't think i would people like but, stay up all night watching the golf like when it's on the funny times and all that kind of shit but uh nah fuck it not as exciting there you go and our final, no, it's not our final question. People, there's some in the DMs. They always uh, get me. Penultimate question, Karks, comes in from Jack Brinkworth. And we're going to give it the respect oh. it deserves because he's the renegade's the, dead the last reigning, the reigning champion FBLA of the world. Champion. Yeah. Is he a Villa fan? You have in your head that he is, but I don't know, to be honest. So a couple of questions. With City not firing on all cylinders, what are your thoughts on coverage? Is Jesus the value pick? I think we've well, kind of covered it. Just get them all in. 
you you are you're keen on it. Like you think it's worth it. It's just never will City have such a nice run of fixtures, have the low ownership and like it's just all simmering. It's all in one big pot and it's just going to explode, Kirks. Um, yeah. It's just who are the options? I definitely get in two, and I think even if you got in three, like it's just a a different tactic at this time of year. If your team is struggling or if you're kind of in quicksand and not moving up the ranks, like get in a Cancelo. Like you obviously can't do it in one go. I think he's one of the best defenders in the game. He seems to have nailed down that spot. He's very attacking. They're going to keep clean sheets. And then take your pick. Like Jesus, we've said he's not nailed, but he's definitely an explosive short-term pick and play it by ear. And then midfield, you could just, there's Sterling, KDB. Ferran Torres is kind of becoming viable. He seems to be getting picked. He's on fire for Spain. And I'm all about City at the minute. I just think it's different, which it never is. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Like probably the, like on paper, the best team in the league, like, you know, whatever, top two. Like, it's just strange that, like, there's such low ownership and that they're coming at such a good run of fixtures. Like, I'll have, I'll have three City players. And I think my final spot is between Foden and Jesus. Yeah. And I've kind of already gone with Foden. I can't just swap them out for Jesus. But I wouldn't be like, if it was Cancelo, De Bruyne, to Jesus, that's a pretty good City cover there, right there. Yeah. And look, don't I'm, gonna, for- I'm probably going to have Cancelo, De Bruyne, and Foden. But, yeah, and like in the next eight game weeks, City give you Burnley in game week 10, Fulham in game week 11, West Brom in game week 13, Newcastle in game week 15. Like they're all good captaincy options. So you're bringing in a player that you can captain. Um, don't forget who you're bringing in though. Like it is City, like pep rotation still applies. I think we've all forgotten about it because I haven't owned a City player all season, which is mad. But like if you bring It'll in two or three... If you bring in two or three, there's no guarantee that any or all of them are going to start. You just have to make an educated guess. KDB is going to start every game, I believe, when he's fit. Yeah, um, I think Cancelo probably has to now at this stage as well. And Diaz and Laporte and Walker. I think the back line is fairly solid now. Yeah, did you hear about the player that might have kidnapped someone and held them against their will? Yes. I don't want to say anything out loud. I don't know who it is, well, etc. But it might strengthen Cancelo's position in the team. Really? Yeah, from what I've heard, that might not be true, but I'm I'm all about Cancelo. I'm going to bring him in. Hold on. For... Two Premier League players have kidnapped people and <laughs> kept them in their house in the last couple of weeks. No, just one. Apparently, it mightn't be Greenwood. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was people... like, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on, lads? People are just bored and lonely during COVID. Yeah, that's a bit weird. Um, so yeah, I think Cancelo, I think I said it last week, he's just going to haul. They're going to keep clean sheets and he's going to get attacking returns. Um, all about City. And then the second question is, Son and Kane, is it both, either or neither? Oh, I'm so anti-Spurs. It's neither for me at the moment. I, I like Kane. There's a point at which their fixtures change and I have Son and I kind of regret that and I want Kane. And their fixtures change back. Fuck, when is it? You look that up. I own 16, both at the minute. Game week 16. Okay. I think that's when I'm going to bring him in, if I can. Yeah. I own both at the minute. For me, it's definitely not both. Sun is going this week. Um, I think Kane is going to go next week. So I'm going to phase both of them out over the next couple of game weeks. Um, I wouldn't be against keeping Kane because he is just their talisman. He takes penalties. He's going to get assists. He's going to get goals. Um, he's just quite expensive for that fixture run for me. There's better options. 
So yeah, for so me, it's neither, but I'd, I'd hold one. Game week 16, it changes back to uh, Fulham, Leeds, Villa, Sheffield, Liverpool, Brighton, Chelsea, West Brom. So not discouraging, like keeping one, but I'm definitely going to have one back in for that run. Okay. And like, you've so much time to plan out. I don't think you have to hold them until 16, just for that. No, but I wouldn't be holding on to two. Like if you're going to keep one through a tough run. Yeah. Probably Kane's better, but more expensive. It's whatever. What are your thoughts on Kane versus Jesus? Because that's my dilemma. Like, I'm getting rid of Kane for Jesus. Would I just be smarter just keeping the guy who's nailed and see? That's what great form. That's the, that's the thing that always haunts me. It's like where you switch a form player for a fixture player. Yeah, like form does hold true so much more, but it's just so hard looking at those fixtures not to just want to jump. Um, but I've just been burned by it so many times that I could just it's in the back of my head going, this guy's on fire. This guy should be doing well here, but maybe he won't. Um, I, I would go Jesus. I would jump. But uh, yeah, I would caution people. <laughs> yeah, just the benefits of Jesus are like, I just have little hearts in my eyes when I think about him, Kirks, because Kane is so highly owned at the minute. Um and he's gone into such a tough fixture run, whereas Jesus is 1% owned, I believe, and he's gone into a nice fixture run. Like, there's no guarantee that pays off, but if it does, it's going to be a massive rank booster. Yep. No, I, I would um, switch, but I just... The I suppose, risk. The, yeah, it's this idea that, like, oh, Spurs have shit fixtures. They're going to be shit. Man City have deadly fixtures. They're going to be deadly. Like, absolutely never works out that a way. Simple game, Kirks. Keep it simple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Try. You know? All right, and the last question of the night comes in from some great friends of the show, Kirk's the FPL Hangover podcast, no longer a rival podcast. Um, the question is, name a film that is universally loved, but you think is shite. <laughs> Good FPL question. Uh, say it again. But a, a film you think is shit that people think is good. Yeah, that is universally loved, so... It needs it's to be like, a bit better. Just than... go to Metacritic and like look up the highest user score versus uh, review, what do you call it, guy? Critic score. I actually, I can't. I don't have time to look it up. Um, it's The Road. God. The Road is like meant to be a really good book and like everybody's looking forward to that film and like everybody watched it and it's got like these mental high reviews. I fucking barely got through it. Like I was really angry after I finished it. I was just like, this is crap. It was more miserable than like the last eight months of COVID. Yeah, actually probably. It was like a home video of COVID. It's like, oh, why am I watching this? It's like, if you gave us a choice of sitting through the last eight months or sitting through the road, we might just go back to March. I remember I watched it in a um, girlfriend's house and um, her mom came in and goes, oh, you enjoying the film? Is there any good? And I fucking was like, this is fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> Explain yeah. to people like, no, no, don't watch it. Don't watch it. Miserable. All right. I was thinking about this when I was walking the dog and I actually was discussing it with the wife because I was really stuck on it. And she gave me a couple of options, which I agree with. It's not like I just took the options, Kirks. But one of them for me <laughs> is Elf. Seeing as we're coming up to Christmas, I just don't get Elf. Elf is awesome. Yeah, I just... I love Elf. I love Elf, but like it's a, it's a good film. Like I had no problem sitting through that. And I think it is universally loved. I seen it maybe only two or three years ago and I expected so much because everybody rants and raves and, you know, I love Christmas. It's not like I'm Scrooge McDuck here, but I just watched it and was like, eh, it's, it's like, it's 
It's one of Will Ferrell's worst movies. It might be worse than that one where he goes off with the dinosaurs even. What was that one? <laughs> that was terrible. Like. Uh, yeah, uh, Stone Age or Age of Rocks or something. I don't, know, something like that. I don't know. And then my second option is probably even more controversial. I don't think it's shite, but it's consistently at the top of like best movie of all time lists. Shawshank Redemption isn't the best movie of all time and it's nowhere near in my opinion. Ooh. It's a really good film. I think it's 7 out of 10. It's grand. But there's so many better movies than it. You know? it's, uh, I don't know if you could say that. Okay, you're kind of like framing this as like um, overrated. As in, it's not that it's a bad movie, but it's just overrated. Yeah, I can't. I think the question is too difficult to answer purely. I can't think uh, of a university loved one that is like, just pure shite. But like The Road surely is a better pick than Shawshank. I don't think it's as universally loved though. So, you know, we're both coming at it from different angles. Like I should get kudos from going for a really loved film. Whereas everybody doesn't love the road, but you're right. It is shite. And <laughs> um, does everybody love Jaws 2? That was terrible. I actually can't remember what happens in Jaws 2. I just watched Jaws 1 over and over again. Yeah, I love Jaws 1. It's in my top five, but Jaws 2, holy God. Jaws 3 <laughs> is even worse. And Jaws 4 could be the worst film ever. <laughs> I can't believe there's a Jaws 4. <laughs> I think Michael Caine is in it. Oh, that actually could be worth watching just for his his voice with a shark. It could be funny. <laughs> I'm not even gonna. Usually, if I've had a few beers, I'll throw my hand at the accents, and it'll be the worst accents ever. But not tonight. Oh, so this is why we drink. That yeah. would be that would be in podcast gold. It really wouldn't have been, but uh, here we are. So will we leave it there, Kirk? Anything else you want to add? What's crack next week? Oh yes, of course. I was saying our not rival podcast because next week we're going to be joining the FPL hangover lads in their Limerick studio remotely. Um, We'll show them, we'll show them how you do a two man pod. (laughs) They are going to be impressed. Yeah. I'm excited. That's kind of half the reason I wasn't drinking tonight. I'm going to double my beer intake next week for that. So it should be good. Uh, It's going to be really weird for you because I listen to their pod every week. I ask questions. They ask us questions. I've met them. I've gone on a night out with them. Whereas to you, these are just two random guys you've never even heard talking. And now you're on their pod. Did I sign up for this? When you were drunk last week, you may have said you would consider it. And then I got straight on to them. <laughs> Kirk, so you need, right. we, need, we need to keep things fresh. Okay, like I've got this whole filter thing kind of going on where I got like my mask and hat, which I've been trialing out tonight. I think that's working pretty well. I might stick with that. Yeah. You look like an even more perverted Hamburglar. Who's that guy off the <laughs> McDonald's ads? He's called a Hamburglar. Yeah. That's right. That works. You look like Beard, a Beard, mask, and a hat. But I asked something different. Just a change of scenery, change of people. And who knows, Kirk, if it works out, you might leave this pod and go join that one. What if I don't understand them? Um, that's possible, but like, you have some of the worst, what's the word? Squills. Yeah, that I know. So I think it's more likely that they don't understand you. It'll be mutual. Yeah. Um, it's going to be weird. I'm just used to talking nonstop. It's, I'm going to have to take my turn and let other people talk. I'm going to get a sign that kind of goes, Andy, the podcast was meant to finish 10 minutes ago. And it's like, hold it up and shake it at you. Yeah, but it should be good. Like the two lads are bang on. They're quite similar to our podcast. They don't take themselves too seriously 
It's a good FPL pod. I wouldn't go on just any pod, Kirks. We have been oh, asked good. before. We do have standards, okay. And we have standards, so I chose wisely. Should we bring Willie with us just for the laugh? No, because he would love to do it, and we're going to punish him by not letting him. Okay. Five's Nobody a crowd. Wants. Five is a crowd anyway. Four Nobody, is wants, nobody wants to be a Willie. No. Can we call the pod that? We've mentioned nobody. it three times. Nobody wants to be Willie. Nobody wants to be a Willie. This particular pod? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Right, so we're going to leave it there. Uh, thanks for sticking with us this long. God knows how long it's been. We're the FPL Renegades. Check us out on Twitter. It's the at Renegades FPL. Um, Never seen it. Yeah, you probably haven't. Give us a share. Give us a retweet. Post your feedback. No DMs. And uh, if you're listening to this podcast for your uh, bigger podcast or, you know, publication or something, uh, give us the credit. That'd be great. Thanks a lot. (laughs) I love it. So we'll leave it there. Thanks for listening. Good luck and good night.